Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. The final from Progressive Field. Royals 3, Indians 2. It's the first loss of the season for the Cleveland Indians, and we're here to talk about it. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. We're going to do things a little bit different on this episode. Let's run through the game. Let's run through and hit the highlights and the things that we need to talk about, and then we'll dive into the box score. So let's start with the first inning. Royals up to bat. Now, I said in the preseason game, in the summer camp game, that if Mike Clevenger is giving up solo home runs, you know, if he misses his spots and gives up a solo home run, that's okay. They're better than crooked numbers. Well, not when you give him up back-to-back. And that's what happened in the top of the first inning. Jorge Soler homers on a line drive to left field. Salvador Perez follows that up with a big fly to left center. And looking back at the highlights, rewatching these, you notice that Clevenger missed his spots. It's as simple as that. Uh, to Soler, it was a hanging breaking ball that uh, Perez definitely wanted down. And to Perez, it was a high fastball that got away from him. And again, uh, Perez was calling for it down. So uh, simple as that. Missed his spots and gave up two solo home runs. Now, I will say that Clevenger locked it in after that and actually has a really good pitching day after that. We move on to the bottom of the third. And it's Bradley Zimmer starting a rally for the Cleveland Indians. He singles with one out. Cesar Hernandez follows that up with a single. Then Jose Ramirez follows that up with a single. Back-to-back-to-back singles. Brings in the first run of the game. Cesar Hernandez barely made it to third base safely. Uh, If Franco comes up with that ball clean, the throw from right field, he's definitely out. But we got runners on the corner. And here's where we have problems. Francisco Lindor strikes out swinging. Uh... We do score. Cesar Hernandez does score on a wild pitch by Brady Singer. So we were talking about Salvador Perez's defense yesterday and how nice it was to see him behind the plate. He actually had a couple of, uh, he let a couple, they were called wild pitches, but he got a a couple get away from him that actually hurt the Kansas City Royals yesterday. And then Carlos Santana grounds out to end the inning. And this is going to be a theme here where something is set up by the bottom of the lineup. And then this is what we wanted, right? We This is exactly why this lineup is constructed like this. Bradley Zimmer hitting nine, Cesar Hernandez hitting leadoff. These are two guys that can get on base. Bradley Zimmer has really changed his swing to get, you know, to help himself get on base, be an on base guy. Jose Ramirez delivers, gets that single, brings in the first run. And then I'm two, three, four are supposed to be delivering RBIs. And Francisco Lindor strikes out and Carlos Santana grounds out. So ends the rally there in the third. We do tie the game, but it had a chance to be so much more. Top of the sixth inning, Salvador Perez batting, hits a sharp ground ball in the hole between Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor. Francisco Lindor ranges way to his right, and it is one of the quickest releases you will ever see from a shortstop. Fires all the way across the diamond. Great pick by Carlos Santana. We got to give Carlos Santana credit. Just like a good catcher makes a pitcher look good, a good first baseman makes all his infielders look good. So great pick by Santana, and amazing play. It's the first web gem of the season, I feel like, from Francisco Lindor, and we are definitely going to see a lot more of those. Now, in parentheses for this play is that Salvador Perez was running. Chances are, if you go back and look at some of these amazing throws by these amazing shortstops, take a look at who's running the bases. Because if it's uh, Alberto Mondesi running, you know, at the top of the inning, I don't know if he's going to make it, you know, if that throw is going to make it and get the runner. But Salvador Perez, 
He gunned him out from deep, deep in the hole. All right, we move on to the ninth inning. And I got to say, it's fun to watch James Karinchek pitch. It's fun to see how he works hitters, how aggressive he is against hitters. So Karinchek comes in to pitch the ninth and stays in to pitch the tenth. He gets Soler to strike out, and then he gets Perez and Alex Gordon to fly out. But just watching the way he mixes fastballs with his curveball, he actually throws that curveball a lot. For a guy that can hit the radar gun in the high 90s, he really uses that curveball effectively. And it kept, it kept the Kansas City Royals hitters off balance a lot. And it's just it's fun to watch a guy that's fully, as opposed to yesterday when we had Brad Hand coming in in the ninth inning and we were like, I don't know about this, right? We all felt a little nervous. To watch a guy that we have confidence in, back when Cody Allen and Andrew Miller were doing their thing, to watch these guys when they, they can, I want to say abuse these hitters, but kind of. I mean, they, they're so off balance. They don't know what's coming, whether it's the curveball or the fastball. I think he froze Solaire actually with a fastball because he got him so used to those curveballs. So that was really fun to see in the ninth inning. But then in the bottom of the ninth, again, this time actually it's uh, it's not Francisco Lindor's fault or Carlos Santana's fault. They're the guys that get on base. Francisco Lindor leads off the inning, gets a single, uh, his first hit of the season. Carlos Santana walks. Then Fermil Reyes grounds out to second base, which kind of acted like a sacrifice bunt. It moved Lindor to third and Santana to second. They intentionally walked Daniel Johnson, but then Mercado strikes out swinging. Perez strikes out swinging, and you could see the frustration on both of their faces. They really wanted to deliver. I mean, it's the bottom of the ninth, right? Of course you want to deliver. You want to get that game-winning hit, and they both came up short. So that's how the ninth inning ends, which we're stuck in a 2-2 time. means we go to 10th, and yes, the new rule in the 10th inning, you start with a runner on second base, and the Kansas City Royals did exactly what they needed to do as the away team, laid down the sacrifice bunt, Franco gets a sack fly to deep center field, scores the runner. We get out of the inning. Actually, uh, Nicky Lopez was caught stealing second base to end the inning by Perez. And it goes back to what we were talking about yesterday. Why are the Royals trying so hard to run on Perez? He's going to get you. <laughs> Wait till the next series. Then you can start stealing bases. Uh, if it were me, if I were coaching Kansas City, I'd say, guys, maybe, uh, maybe not be so aggressive against Perez. Then the Indians come up. Greg Allen is the pinch runner that goes in at second base. Bradley Zimmer is hit in the foot. So we have the winning run on base. And then it turns things over to the top of the lineup, this time starting with Cesar Hernandez. And Hernandez strikes out. Ramirez strikes out. And Lindor strikes out to end the game. So that's disappointing. Because uh, in the bottom of the ninth and the bottom of the tenth, we had a chance to win this game. And we kind of let it slip through our fingers. Uh Jumping into the box score, we actually, we struck out a lot. As a team, we struck out 15 times today. And I know we were facing a pitcher in his Major League debut. And so I, it, you don't have a book on a guy, right? Or you, you've never seen him before yourself. So it's, a, it's tough, right? It's very difficult when you're facing a guy for the first time. And making his Major League debut for Kansas City, Brady Singer, he pitched pretty fantastic. He, it was uh, as advertised. And this guy only spent one season in the minor leagues, which is incredible. He was the first-round draft pick in number 18 overall in 2018. And 
pitched 2019 in the minor leagues between high A and double A and was fantastic. Uh, so I, this season rolls around, this weird season rolls around, and they figured, what the heck, let's just pull the trigger on this guy. This guy was you know, rocketing through the minor leagues. He, uh, yeah, he kept hitters to a 248 in advanced A and a 247 batting average in double A. His whip was 111 in advanced A, 124 in double A. His Ks per nine inning was pretty consistent between the two levels, 8.27, 8.44. His walk rate was low, 2.03, 2.58 in AA. So, yeah, this guy pretty much came out of the gate in 2019 and said, this minor league stuff, I got this handled. I'm ready for the big league stuff. And he had a great day. He went five innings, three hits, two earned runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. So, as advertised, he's a really good pitcher, and he's someone who, again, the Indians are going to have to be dealing with for a long time in this division. Uh, for the Indians, Mike Clevenger went seven innings, four hits, two earned runs, no walks, and six strikeouts. Like we said, those two home runs, those two solo home runs were really it from Kansas City. Other than that, it was a pretty quiet day at the play for Kansas City. They actually won this game without getting a hit in the 10th inning. That's pretty crazy. They get one more hit off Wickren, who pitched the eighth inning. And then Karinczak doesn't give up a hit and gets the loss. That's the new rule. And we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, for the Indians, again, a quiet day. Only four hits. Uh, Zimmer, Hernandez, Ramirez, Lindor, all single. And that's it. That's all we got. So uh, when it comes to that, oh, and uh, Barlow got the win. He pitched the ninth inning. And Holland gets the save for the Royals. He pitched that 10th inning and struck out the side. So he gets his first save of the season. That There's been a lot of talk about that pinch runner, that rule, that new rule. So if you, if you don't know, the, in the extra innings, the new rule, and this was something they tested in the minor leagues last year, is that teams automatically start with a runner on second base. And it's just the next batter up in the lineup. Uh, interesting fact, it doesn't count as an earned run against the pitcher if that runner comes in and scores because I, he didn't put him on base. But in the you know situation of Karinczak here, he still takes the decision. It just doesn't count as an earned run. So, you know, there's been a little controversy about this. And Mike Clevenger tweeted out yesterday, this new extra inning rule is the wackest blank I've ever seen. Do you have any idea how hard it is to get a runner to second off the back end of a bullpen? Hashtag this isn't travel ball. Hashtag make them earn it. And he tweeted that at Major League Baseball. So I think he made his opinion pretty clear. Uh, Trevor Bauer actually responded to him on Twitter. And you know these guys are buddies. But of course they're going to go back and forth. Trevor Bauer said, but don't both sides get a chance with a runner at second base? And you're thinking, oh yeah, that's right. And uh, Clevenger responded, that's correct, Trevor. I just don't believe taking away from either team's bullpen is the route to go. But you're right. Bunting and sack flies. That'll be more fun. Seems more your speed. So, <laughs> so clearly these guys have fun with each other on Twitter. Uh, yeah, he is. Like you said, he is. You are putting the bullpens at a disadvantage here. Now, the reason the rule exists is because they don't want these games going 17, 18 innings. We've seen it. I've sat through opening days that have gone almost that long. Uh, Trevor Bauer knows exactly what that's like because he was the one who went into Toronto to finish that game and get the win for the Indians that I think went 18 innings. So uh, 
that's the reason the rule is created because there's not many off days. They don't want to just be burning through bullpens with these crazy extra inning games. And it worked yesterday. It worked exactly how Major League Baseball wanted it to. That game ended in the 10th inning. Now, the Royals did the thing that they had to do as the away team, right? They got that run across and they put all the pressure on the Indians. Uh, Terry Francona decided not to bunt with Bradley Zimmer up to bat. He didn't move the runner over to third. Uh, Cesar Hernandez did try to bunt. He tried to get the bunt down and failed once we had runners on first and second and then ends up striking out. And then, like we said, strikes out the side. So it'll be interesting to see what Terry Francona does going forward. If he gets in this situation again, would he lay down the bunt? Uh, My theory is you keep laying down that bunt Keep moving that runner over to third. It gives you so many more opportunities to score once that runner is the third base. Wild pitch, we already saw. Sack fly, we already saw. Just even like that uh, like that ground ball that Fermil Reyes hit in the ninth inning that was just so deep in the hole at second base that the infielder had nothing to do with it but to go to first with it. So there's so many different situations where that run can score. Last thing I want to take a look at here is... Uh, so we had two major league debuts yesterday, actually. Not only... Was it Brady Singer's debut? But it was also Daniel Johnson's debut. He got the start in right field. And I got to say, between the two rookies, uh, Singer definitely won the debut battle. Uh, Johnson was 0 for 3 with a walk and a strikeout. But Singer um, was really, really effective on the mound. He... It was really his slider. It was a slider that was keeping the Indians hitters off balance. I think... Most of his strikeouts, five or six of them, came via that slider. He did freeze Daniel Johnson, I think, with a fastball. It it has late break, it has late movement, and it's sharp. It's sharp movement down and away from those right-handed hitters and kind of bottoms out on those left-handed hitters. And it, you saw the Indians hitters seemed very off balance going through those first five innings. So... Singer wins that debut, and it feels like this happens, right? It feels like every time, whether it's uh, Detroit or Kansas City, you know, our rivals, every time they call up a rookie to face us, it feels like he kind of dominates us, right? He keeps us off balance. We don't know what to do with him. And so I was looking. I wanted to know our starting guys. How did they do in their Major League debuts? And Mike Clevenger's Major League debut came in 2016. On May 18th against Cincinnati, he started the game, went five and a third, gave up five hits, four earned runs, a walk, and five strikeouts, including a home run. So not the shining debut that some other rookies have had against us. All right, how about Shane Bieber? Shane Bieber made his major league debut May 31st of 2018 against Minnesota. He went five and two thirds innings, gave up eight hits, four earned runs as well, one walk, and six strikeouts. So a very similar debut to Mike Clevenger. Both of them had no decisions. How about Carlos Carrasco? Carlos Carrasco made his debut. Ready for this? Back in 2009. He's been with us for a long time. September 1st, he was a September call-up against Detroit. He went three innings, nine hits, six earned runs, three walks, three strikeouts, gave up three home runs, and took the loss in that game. So not a very good debut for Carrasco. If you if you remember, I feel like it took Carrasco a few seasons of coming up and coming down before he really locked in as uh, an elite-level pitcher. Aaron Savali made his debut last year, 2019, June 22nd against Detroit. He went six innings, 
two hits, no earned runs, three walks, six strikeouts, and got the win. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of debut that I feel like happens against us all the time. And then Zach Plesak also made his debut last year, May 28th against Boston. He went five and a third, four hits, one earned run, one walk, and two strikeouts. Had a no decision, but I remember it being a pretty good start. So uh, our guys recently, our young guys recently have had some pretty good debuts. Now, before we wrap the show up, we got another voicemail on the Anchor app. And this is a voice you may hear from time to time because it's from my brother. So let's hear what he had to say about yesterday's game. Hey, Davey, it's your brother, Steve, giving you a call. Just wanted to tell you I'm enjoying the show. Keep up the good work so far. Let's talk some baseball like we always do. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Cesar Hernandez. Kind of mixed results to start the season. I was excited about his presence at the top of the order. It seems like he sees a lot of pitches, which is always good, especially in that first at-bat of the game. He seems very aggressive on the bases, which I think is excellent. So moving Lindor down to the three-hole, I think he's a nice fit in that leadoff spot. I was disappointed today that he wasn't able to get the bunt down in the ninth inning. I think in that situation, um, you know, if you're a leadoff guy, you got to be able to get the bunt down. So seems solid defensively. You know, totally different look for the lineup. So curious to hear your thoughts on, on Cesar Hernandez as a whole coming in, taking over for Jason Kipnis at second base and batting in that top spot in the lineup. So curious your thoughts, and uh, I look forward to hearing your answer, and I will call in again soon. Talk to you later, bro. See ya. So thanks for the call, Steve. Appreciate the support for the show. Uh, Cesar Hernandez, yeah, I, I'm kind of liking him. I believe in an interview he said that he told Terry Francona that he's going to get on base Two times every game, at least. That's his goal, to get on base two times every game. And he did it today. He got a hit, and he walked. He got on base two times. Unfortunately, didn't lead to an Indians win. Yeah, not getting the bunt down was rough. But I'm not going to hold it against him because really, in the ninth and the tenth inning, we had a lot of guys that came up short. So uh, clearly, it was something in the water yesterday. Uh, The clutch element of this team is not quite there yet. So I'm not going to totally hold the bunt against him. But yeah, he he seems like a really good leadoff hitter. He he, We saw in those Pittsburgh games how many pitches he can work through in an at-bat. He can really wear down starting pitchers. And he um, we saw yesterday how good he is at kind of t- keeping those rallies going from the bottom to the top of the lineup, kind of connecting the dots from our ninth hitter to the top of the lineup and getting a rally going. And so yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a really, really good signing for the Indians. Uh it's actually a shame that it's only, I think it's only a one-year contract. So we'll see what his future is, whether someone, you know, gives him a multi-year contract after this, if he plays really well in Cleveland. And yeah, his defense, I think we'll appreciate Jason Kipnis. Jason Kipnis had some good years and had some great plays, right? Jason Kipnis had some amazing wet gems, but I think Hernandez is going to deliver pretty remarkable defense too. So I think we're going to enjoy seeing that. Now him batting leadoff and that changing the look of the lineup, after today, I, I'm curious. I know we don't want to jump to conclusions, but I wonder if Lindor goes to Terry Francona and goes, look, I just like hitting leadoff. I mean, he led off the ninth inning. What did he do? He singles, right? Kicks off that inning, starts the thing going. You know, what if he does that? What if he goes to Terry Francona and is like, look, I just, I feel comfortable starting the game. I, you know, I could be aggressive. I really like it. And I think the lineup still works. I mean, it's a simple move. You move Lindor to the top of the lineup. Jose Ramirez drops to the three-hole. Cesar Hernandez drops to the two-hole. I think Jose Ramirez and Cesar Hernandez would be fine with that. I don't think it would change their approach. 
I liked Lindor in the three hole. We saw in those Pittsburgh summer camp games how effective it can be with him up in RBI spots. He's probably pressing. He's probably trying a little too hard right now. So we'll see maybe over the first week how that works out because in a 60-game season, that's about all you get to experiment with, right? you got to have your lineup or an idea of what your lineup's going to be pretty much set after, what, the two-week mark? So we'll see how that goes. All right, we're just about out of time, but I got to name my MVP for a day. And to be honest, it's a little hard to do. And the team only has four hits and takes the loss. It's a little hard to find your MVP for the day. But I'm going to give it to James Karinchak. And I know, it's crazy, right? The guy took the loss. How can he be your MVP for a day? Well, like I said earlier, he pitched so great. He kept the Royals hitters off balance so well and he just fell victim to that new rule in the 10th inning like he didn't give up a hit he went two innings gave up one unearned run had a walk and a strikeout so despite everything he's the guy that really stood out to me yesterday so karen check gets my mvp for a day that's all my thoughts thanks for joining me on this cleveland baseball morning again the final from last night in cleveland the kansas city royals three the cleveland indians two Coming up later today, it's a 1 o'clock start as Carlos Carrasco will take the mound for Cleveland, and it is not announced yet who's starting for Kansas City. I think we said yesterday that they might already be doing a bullpen game, which is insane to me that the third game of the season you don't have a starter for. But we'll be back tomorrow morning to cover that game. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show, and we'll play them back on the air, just like we did for Jeff and for Steve. We'll respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Morning.